Welcome to Tart Club. Turgid Tomes is a wanton book club where we get together every other Wednesday to eat, drink, and discuss the latest romantical read. If you happened upon this podcast and don't like the F word or boners, now's your chance to GTFO. This is your official explicit content warning. This podcast is highly inappropriate and listener discretion is advised. Let's get this party started. Woo! Okay, Pink. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, that is a song, isn't it? <laughs> get this party started on a Saturday night. Oh, my God. Something, something. I'm coming out, <laughs> so you better get this party started. <laughs> Greetings, fellow tarts. Ashley here, your head hussy in charge. And we're at the end of the cool for the summer theme, about to head into an equally sweltering fall. And we have Lisa back with us to discuss Juliet Takes a Breath by Gabby Rivera. Hi! Thanks for coming back, bajillion time guest. Thanks for having me back. I don't think I'm the most, the most returned guest. That's not what you would say. That's so dumb. But the <laughs> return returned guest I don't know I don't know who that is but you do have the most listened to episode family incest for the win (laughs) you surpassed midnight sun so you're welcome (laughs) all right so you're in book club with Heather yes what have you guys been reading lately Oh, what have we been reading lately? Um, so the last book that we read last month was actually really good. It was The Inheritance of Orchidea Divina. Ooh. And it takes place in Ecuador. And it's about this woman. And she has all these children and grandchildren. And she's dying. So she sends out this letter and tells everybody to come back and get their inheritance. There's all this plot to it. It was just a beautiful, beautiful book. If you like magical realism it's kind of like Encanto the Disney Encanto but like more adult okay and like right now our theme this year for book club is different countries oh so every month is a book from a different country and so then we try to match it with a restaurant so we eat out somewhere with the food so we ate at this place that served Peruvian Colombian and Ecuadorian cuisine and it was delicious it was so good so that's so cool yeah and our next book is a thriller it takes place in Sweden Mm. we're going to Ikea (laughs) gotta get the Swedish meatballs we are we mostly just want a trip to Ikea yeah one of the things I love about my book club that Heather and I are both in is that there's now five of us started with three of us and everybody is into different things so I I read outside my comfort zone a lot but I enjoy that because I read things that I wouldn't normally pick up and sometimes I like them sometimes I still hate them (laughs) but I tried so you know yeah I just can't believe we're on our fourth year it's just crazy to me it's been four years Holy shit. Yeah. That's so cool. But I did have really good food when we went to the the Ecuadorian restaurant, so it was fine. But I did get plantain chips because in the book, um, Juliet 
eats plantain chips dipped in ketchup, which I've never done before. Okay, I I read that and I was disgusted. (laughs) I was like, that's new to me. So I bought a bag of plantain chips so I could try that out. Not really a fan, but plantain chips and ranch dressing, that was a game changer. So Really? Who would have thought? So, yeah. Yeah. I was, she was just munching on plantains and ketchup and I was like, wait a minute. I never did that. I must try this. And it, it was all right. But in ranch, it was better. Yeah, I'm not a huge ketchup person. So I read that and I was like, no, but ranch, if we're talking ranch, fuck yeah, I put that shit on everything. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Speaking of snacks, or what drink did you go with? I swear to God, I know how to speak. (laughs) Um, What drink did you go with for this book? Well, our leading lady, Juliet does drink a few different things I mean she smokes copious amounts of marijuana but I wasn't about to get my hands on any of that not that that's a drink but you know it's not legal here we don't do that never but she did when she went to Miami and she saw Ava and Titi Penny they had sangria so I was really lazy and did not make real sangria so what I did do I just never had great luck with sangria so really all I did was I soaked strawberries and watermelon in red wine I got the um southern red the Lakeridge southern red which is really a sweet red wine and then I've been putting like a raspberry bubbly to mix with it so it's like a wine spritzer sort of kind of sangria but not really like it's sangria-ish it's sangria-ish that's what I went with it's that's enough that's fine close enough sangria-ish okay you're not being graded (sighs) okay maybe the two people that aren't my friends that actually (laughs) listen to this podcast they do not okay good (laughs) but if it was a grade it'd probably be like a c c minus it's not a great effort no it looks good watermelon i mean see look i hate watermelon oh really oh absolutely i hate it i can't i can't do it Mm. but that's a really good choice though for sangria i don't think i've ever seen that but to be fair i I hate it so (laughs) it makes sense i love watermelon so much um yeah normally there's like orange slices and apple slices and grape Mm. i just made my own shit Heather made her own shit on her show. I was like, I'm just making my own shit too. Strawberry lube. Heather <laughs> original. I love it. What are you drinking? What did you choose? Okay. Snack. Chocolate chip cookies. Kira. Yes. Okay. So I haven't quite decided. I am oscillating between making a tea mm-hmm. cocktail okay because they do a lot of tea the woo woo hippie stuff hippie woo woo mm-hmm. to be honest with you i have this i have the trader joe's pomegranate hibiscus white tea mm. and i was thinking i could do that maybe throw some prosecco in it that sounds good try it make a new thing do something original or i was just gonna do a nice summer sangria because it's fucking hot and I would love nothing more than to have a nice cool refreshing beverage yeah exactly 
And they do drink sangria. So you've got some options, girl. So yeah, so it's it's gonna be a tea cocktail or sangria and the recipe will be on the instagram about two sundays before the episode airs so it'll be a surprise (laughs) i love a surprise okay let's talk a little bit about the author gabby rivera she is a bronx-born queer puerto rican author on a mission to create the wildest most fun stories ever she's the first latina to write for marvel comics penning the solo series America about America Chavez. I'm super white. I'm sorry. A a portal-punching queer Latina powerhouse. Rivera's critically acclaimed debut novel, Juliet Takes a Breath, was called Fucking Outstanding by Roxanne Gay and was republished in September 2019 by Penguin Random House. When not writing, Gabby speaks on her experiences as a queer Puerto Rican from the Bronx, an LGBTQ youth advocate, and the importance of prioritizing joy in QTPOC communities at events across the country. Gabby makes magic on both coasts. Currently residing in California, she writes for all the sweet baby queers and her mom. Yay! Yay! I noticed when I was looking at the library for the book, that there is a graphic novel version as well. Yes. Juliet, Juliet takes a breath, but I didn't download it and look at it. I just didn't have time. Did you look at it at all? I didn't. Oh God. Sorry. It's an earthquake. <laughs> it's not an earthquake. I just moved <laughs> and knocked my stand. <laughs> okay. So, oh God, I did it again. Oh gosh. I noticed the graphic novel on Goodreads when I went to get some author info. Okay. I haven't seen it yet though, but I bet it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I might see if it's available as an ebook and just take a glimpse at it. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into the Brazen Book Report. Okay. All right. We're going to start with a short summary. Lisa. That's me. How would you summarize? <laughs> Lisa. How would you summarize this book? Okay. I actually wrote a summary. Oh my God. What? I, I hardly ever, let's be honest, never really do this <laughs> report, but I actually did it for the most part. Aww. You filled it all the way out. No, there's, there's still a few I didn't fill out, but it's like 75% filled, which is, is a lot. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> 19-year-old Juliet applies for a non-existent internship with the author of her favorite book, Raging Flower, a.k.a. Power to the Pussy. But before she leaves to go to said internship all the way in Portland, Oregon, she drops a huge bomb on her family in the box and says, I'm gay. Take me to the airport. (laughs) What follows is a summer of self-discovery. Oh, I can't even read my own fucking writing. (laughs) Join the club. (laughs) (laughs) Where Juliet learns some new terms, learns people aren't always what they seem, and learns to rebound faster than you can say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. The end. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. I mean, damn. And it just wraps up nice and neat at the end, honestly. Yeah. Tied in a little bow. Yes. So how was, what's your summary? Let's hear your, your summary on this. Juliet, a 19-year-old recently out-and-about Puerto Rican lesbian from the Bronx, spends the summer interning for a white hippie feminist author in Portland. 
where she will discover who she is, where she belongs, and what her brand of feminism will be. Nice! That one's good! It's funny because this book actually doesn't have that much plot. Oh, fuck no. There's not a whole lot going on (laughs) at all. It's weird because plot-wise, there's literally like nothing, like barely anything going on plot-wise, but there's so much going on character development-wise. Right. It's really interesting. I haven't read a book like this in a long time. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it was good. I did like it. And the way that the style that it was written, it was almost like Juliet called you every day and told you what happened in her day. It was like a play-by-play of her whole fucking summer, basically. Yeah. Oh, what do they call it? I think it's stream of consciousness. Oh, maybe, yeah. It's like you're in her head. Yeah. So you get to see all of her thoughts mm-hmm. and she just doesn't, she does not hold back. Oh, no, she does not. But I enjoyed that. It endeared her to me and I found it very relatable. Yeah. I like that we both mentioned that she was 19 years old. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I feel like it's very relevant and we'll get into why in a bit. I have a whole thing on this whole like time period thing. But anyways, carry on. I knew it. Were there any good, were there any quotes you liked? Wood quotes? Wood quotes. Penis quotes. quotes. Dick quotes. Quotes, quotes. (laughs) Well, seeing as this was a bunch of lesbians, there were no dicks involved. I have to say it again now. (laughs) Were there any good quotes that you liked? Um, So full disclosure, I listened to this book. Mm -hmm. And often when I'm listening, I'm running or driving or cooking So it's really hard to write down or highlight a quote. I just listen and absorb the book as a whole. So what I did do was go back through Goodreads and read quotes and pick a few out. So if these are wrong, it's on Goodreads, (laughs) not on me. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay, so one of the ones um, was ferocious cunt. I circled that phrase in neon purple ink. Was I a ferocious cunt? (laughs) I did love, as much as I dislike Harlow, and we'll get into it, her book was outrageous. There was another, like, quote from her fictitious book, Raging Flower, which is all about empowering your vagina and connecting to your femininity. 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 Yes. And there was one about... And I didn't write it down and I don't remember what it was and I can't find it about going down on a vagina of a meat eater versus a vegan. I I have it. I have it. That is hysterical. And I was like, God, that's so funny. And I, but I listened, so I couldn't write it down. Don't worry. I wrote, I wrote it down. Thank God for you. (laughs) And then the other thing that I, Mine are more serious quotes because, you know, yeah. and, but one of the ones was all of the women in my life were telling me the same thing. My story, my truth, my life, my voice, all of that had to be protected and put out into the world by me, no one else. And I think she finally came to that in a very roundabout way in, in the end of the book and everything. Absolutely. It was kind of like an underlying journey that she was on of finding her voice and claiming that back and making sure that no one else spoke for her and that she was going to speak for herself so yeah she's going to tell her own story yes but the quotes from harlow's book 
a raging flower were hysterical. Oh I would read that book 100% if it was real. <laughs> Just because. Dude, I'm sure there are plenty of books like it somewhere. Oh, I know. We got to get our hands on one. Oh, so God. what quotes do you have? Obviously, ferocious cunt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I I have the I have the quote. I have the quote that you were you're just talking about. Yay. I have it here. Okay. <clears throat> the terror and disregard for life seeps into our souls and bodies with every bite. It's an absolute poison to the pussy. Don't believe me? Go down on a meat eater and tell me if you can't taste the sadness. <laughs> I love it. I can't. I just want to know, is that real? Like, is that a real thing? Or is it right? like a wacky Harlow, like, fictitious character thing? Like, well, technically, dudes, their semen tastes different depending on what they eat. Really? Oh, have you never heard the pineapple thing? Like, if they eat pineapple or drink a lot of Gatorade, it's supposed to be sweeter. I don't know how true this is. I've never tested it out. But if it is true, it would make sense that that would be true for vaginas as well. No, I don't. I don't think I've ever I've never heard that. No. Yeah, apparently this is a whole thing. I did my twenties wrong. I should have been feeding those jackasses pineapple. I know, right? Mm. <laughs> Eat this. <laughs> Eat this whole fucking pineapple. Yeah. No. I mean. I mean. Yeah. As you're eating your fruit. Listen, <laughs> if we could make it taste like fucking watermelon, like a goddamn watermelon watermelon fountain coming out of there. I'd be all about it. Bring it on. I'd fucking hate it. <laughs> I don't like any type of melon. Mm. Honeydew, cantaloupe. I hate it. I don't like honeydew and cantaloupe. Just watermelon. Dude, my family ate cantaloupe all the fucking time when I was growing up. I'm literally the only one in my family. They'd cut, they'd slice it and eat it with their breakfast. Oh, yeah. It was the most disgusting shit to me. Oh. I mean, I've eaten it. It's just not my favorite. It, it's disgusting and they would try to force me to eat it they're like one of us one of us and i'm like this is gross oh my gosh so what else you got okay so, all right i've been to portland once me too yes so there was a lot of shit talk on portland in this book, i know and it made me laugh because i, I can see it I can see some of it. Obviously, some of it's probably going to be exaggerated. I read reviews and there were people genuinely upset and offended. But at the same time, we're from Florida. Everyone talks shit about Florida. So I guess we're probably desensitized. We talk shit about Florida and we live here. So I don't really think much yeah, of it. Yeah. But people were really butthurt in the reviews about all this shit talk on on portland tell me your thoughts and feelings tell me how you felt about portland people okay these these are things that i noticed about portland when i went okay all right you're not allowed to pump your own gas which is real which you wouldn't i guess you wouldn't have noticed because you didn't drive I didn't drive, but I think even like New Jersey, there are other places that Derek and I have been yeah. before. Like there are places where you can't. Pump. New Jersey? I think so. We went somewhere and you didn't, and it felt very uncomfortable to me. I didn't like it. They're, they're automatically going to know who the out-of-towners are at the gas stations because, <laughs> so we stopped at a gas station the first time and, you know, he gets out to pump his gas as you do in most states. Mm-hmm. And this person just shows up on the side of the car and both of us are like, ah, like 
<laughs> yeah. It's like, who the fuck are you? We were ready to throw down. Yeah. And then we felt so bad because we totally forgot. I've heard of it, mm-hmm. but obviously I've never, I would, that was my first time on that coast actually. So I, mm-hmm. I completely forgot that you don't pump your, you're not allowed to pump your own gas there. And it's really, it's just so odd. Yeah. So that was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had a food tour, which Portland has a ton of food carts and mm-hmm. the food's fucking amazing. But we had our tour guide, Herb, pronounces the H. <laughs> he was awesome. Herb, if you listen, if you hear this, you're awesome. Shout out to Herb. Shout out. Um, <laughs> no, he, he actually, he brought it up within the food tour that oh. he brought up. I guess racism came up somewhere in the food tour. Well, to be fair, like a lot of people come from other countries to run these food stalls, to run these food carts. Oh. So I think that's how it came up. And he mentioned that Oregon is very white and Portland is less so, but even with it being less so, it is still extremely white. Interesting. And it is. I, comparatively to South Florida, Portland, Oregon, compared to West Palm Beach. Well, South Florida is like, and I'm not even talking about Miami. I'm talking about West Palm Beach. So very white. Portland is very white. And reading this, I could totally understand her discomfort and confusion. Mm-hmm. Because even as a white person from the East Coast, I was kind of taken aback. But even still, I mean, Harlow exposed her to Maxine. Yeah. And uh, Zyra? I think it's Zyra. Zyra. And then Kiara, who was at the library. And then there was also Lupe and Ginger Ale. I don't remember what her real name is. (laughs) Oh, shit. All I could think was fucking Ginger Ale. It's like Gingerine. Oh, Ginger, Ginger Rain. Rain, I could because audio, I couldn't tell. Is it like listerine but gingerine, or is it ginger rain? Like, it's mouthwash. <laughs> all I was like, like ginger ale, <laughs> fucking ginger ale is pregnant. Oh like, that's all God. I could take away. But like, Harlow has a bubble of yeah. people of color, so there at least was some diversity. So, okay, so I guess I'll say the quote now that we've talked about it. Okay forgot where we were even going with this like oh there's a quote so it's Juliet's first day out and about in Portland and she's taking the bus with Ben to go to Powell's bookstore amazing love it been there done that I've been there see it in my mind yes it's awesome if you go to Portland check out Powell's for sure okay so they're about to get on the bus or they're on the bus and Juliet is hit with a wave of body odor and oh wait I did not okay okay uh apparently I didn't grab that quote oh so yeah so she's literally hit with a with a wall of body odor and is just sitting there thinking to herself do they are they not taught to wash (laughs) by their parents like what the fuck but she does she does like roll it back and she's like okay I'm being super judgmental right Mm -hmm. now chill out Mm -hmm. so to phrase because I thought I had it but I get I guess I don't that just that made me laugh because I just remember going to Portland and there there are a lot of hippie looking people there yeah you know you probably smell some patchouli a lot maybe 
I just, I will still go out. I will say I was in Portland for a week. I rode the buses. I did not notice an overwhelming stench. Nothing that stayed with me and haunted me the way that it seems to have haunted Juliet. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. That was not part of my memories of Portland. What was your favorite part? Well, you know, I really just like this book as a whole. I didn't actually have, that's one of the ones I didn't fill out because it was hard to pick something that really just stood out as yeah. a favorite part. But I will say that I did like when she went to Miami for just that weekend because I felt here's this young girl and she's has all these expectations for this thing and she feels so passionate about it. She feels like it's going to, help her figure out her life and then it's just not what it what she thought it was gonna be and like she can't her and her mom are not in like a great place they're not really fully connecting yet and so but she is able to go to some one of her family and reconnect with people who are her and like her cousin Ava is so great and takes her to these places and expands her world more and introduces her to all these people and she goes to that party and she connects with her aunt Penny and like learns some family truths and it's just kind of a way for her to sort of recharge her batteries a little bit before going back out to Oregon and back into that whole other situation to try to make heads or tails of that. I like that she didn't when shit hit the fan with Harlow I like that she didn't just she was able to go home to family Mm -hmm. and kind of have a soft place to land and kind of lick her wounds and like kind of recuperate herself yeah before going back into it all because that was some heavy fucking shit that she had to deal with yeah but I didn't really have a favorite part I think so but what about you did you have anything that was like a favorite part we already talked about the Portland shit talk Mm. it's very similar so just her getting the space and time to really discover herself and learn herself and the community Hmm. that she was able to find not only in Portland, but also in Miami and within her own family. Mm -hmm. It was just a very loving, caring, supportive community. Mm -hmm. And I loved that. I love that she got to experience that and she had them to back her up. Mm-hmm. While she was trying to still figure things out. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was awesome. I really enjoyed that. And then there were little snippets when she was doing the research for Harlow's next book, when she would look into historical female figures. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the lady, the Puerto Rican lady. Um, yes, that went up against what was it? United Nations or. Was that real? Was that a real person? Yeah. <clears throat> Lolita LeBron. Yes. Uh, She was a Puerto Rican nationalist who was convicted of attempted murder and other crimes after carrying out an armed attack on the United States Capitol in 1954. We were essentially colonizing Puerto Rico and they were fucking pissed about it. Rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully so. They're like, um, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And I think she had a quote of like, I didn't come to kill people. I came here to die or something. To die for Puerto Rico. That was so powerful. Yeah, I didn't I didn't come here to kill people. I came to die for Puerto Rico. And just those little snippets of women in history holding it down 
just fucking going for it mm-hmm. and it was really great it was very inspiring i really enjoyed that yeah least favorite part listen okay so this is the least my least favorite part about this book and so okay with the audiobook i don't know if the physical book had this also but at the end of the audiobook there was a q a with the author so they asked gabby a few questions and one of the questions was why did you set it in the time period you set it in yeah because this book so the book was originally published in 2016, but it takes place in 2002, late 2002, almost 2003. Mm-hmm. And I hated this so much because so much of the book felt very in the now, modern, right? Yeah. But then there would be things that she would say, like when she said her birthday and her birthday was 1983, I was like, oh she's my age and she just finished like her first year of college so it's the same so then I had to think back to what what was life like for me at that time what did I know about the world around me I'm trying to be like what as a 19 year old was I experiencing versus what she was experiencing and then it would go on and like you know she's talking about not getting texts or whatever from her girlfriend so she had a cell phone oh. and she was calling Lainey and checking her phone. Yeah, you're right. I mean, cell phones definitely came out back then, but you definitely didn't have a smartphone. There was no mention of social media, but she would say she texted and she wasn't getting any texts or anything. And so I would feel like it was very modern. Mm. And then she would say something like, we're only two years from 9-11 and then I'm like yeah. it was like whiplash I think for me I would feel like it was now and then they would just say one little thing and it would be like it's not now yeah for so much of it to be so relatable to today why did it need to be set 12 years in the past when it really didn't make that much of a difference it's not like she was talking about how much 9-11 was impacting her or other things that were going on in 2002 were impacting her I mean it just it felt unnecessary I think that was around the time she was 19 and I think she wrote about herself she did she it's semi-autobiographical and she did say you know they say write what you know and that's what I did yeah I get that but you could have modernized it it could have been a 19 year old at any any time in the present but also when you look at it from another lens of like well what does it say that in 2002 she wrote it in 2016 but it's now we're reading it 20 years later in 2022 yeah and a lot of the issues are still the issues a lot of the things in the queer community racism and microaggressions like it's all still happening like it's not very different it felt so still in the present yeah and it was 20 years in the past but the issues are still the same so what does that say like so in a way like it's kind of interesting in that way I don't think she wrote it intentionally to prove that things haven't really changed that much but it does prove a point that things haven't really changed that much yeah unfortunately it was just 
very whiplashy for me. I wish it was just in 2016 when she wrote it. She dated it by saying two years from 9-11. Like certain things just made it feel a little dated. Okay. And the 9-11 thing. So her uncle was a firefighter and he died during 9-11. And then Mm -hmm. her aunt that was the cop, she said that she had a cough. Right. Since 9-11. And now 20 years later, I feel terrible reading it because it's like your aunt's probably going to get cancer. She's probably already dead. Yeah. A lot of people that helped out, Mm -hmm. like a lot of the firefighters and cops Mm -hmm. that responded to 9-11 to to the towers, they ended up getting cancer and all kinds of medical issues after that. Right. And a lot of them died young. Mm -hmm. I felt so terrible because it's you know you're going back in time and they don't know what we know Mm -hmm. she brought it up like two or three times and every time it's just like ooh, Mm -hmm. oh no yeah oh they don't know but yeah that really sucked yeah and it was just you know I'm listening to it and it took me a long time to figure out what time period this was in Mm -hmm. because she kept talking about making mixtapes. Yes, I got confused. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess maybe that's a thing the hipsters are doing this th- these days. Because I mean, records are back. Oh my God, that's what I thought. Finals in again. So I was like, well, are the young kids, I'm so old, are the young kids, are they making mixtapes all over again? And so it was still very, it was very confusing for me to read this. It's like, what, what time period are we in? So that was my least favorite part. But what was your least favorite part? I mean, I think this is probably gonna be a lot of people's uh, least favorite slash what the fuck. Harlow just straight up stereotyping and outing her at the reading. Girl, no. Oh yeah, that's my what the fuck moment. Yeah. Do no, you do not ever do that. Fucking ever. Oh my god. I was, I think <laughs> I was in a doctor's office parking lot and I had my windows down in my car and there was an elderly gentleman parked next to me. I was waiting for Nick, he was waiting for his wife, and we had our windows down and we were parked next to each other. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of hear everything. So I get to that part in the book and I'm just like, oh fuck no oh you said it out loud i was like oh shit i said it out loud and then the guy looks over at me i'm like nothing to see here don't worry oh my gosh (laughs) but i could not believe it i I just my heart sank immediately reading that because that's that's just a cardinal rule you do not out anybody ever right She's like, there's someone here in this audience. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Stop talking. I thought it was bad enough because I knew she was going to mention Juliet, but I thought she would mention her, but not specifically say her name. And she said her first, middle, and last name. And asked her to fucking stand up. Like, come on. Seriously. And especially back then. I mean, gay people couldn't even get married back then. Mm -mm. Mom. That's a safety issue. Yeah. You're putting her in danger by outing her so publicly. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, not to mention the stereotyping. Mm-hmm. The ghetto, dodging bullets. Ew. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, she had to claw her way, fight her way out of the Bronx and this side and the other. Yeah. Zyra's question. 
was super intense and super pointed and super put her on the spot. Yeah. There's a whole lot going on in there that there's a lot of history, but she should have just risen above that because regardless of if somebody you feel like you're being attacked in that moment, you don't then throw somebody else under the bus. And that's exactly what she did with Juliet. And it's just ridiculous. It kind of brought up a point that as I get older, I think about it more and more. People, especially white people, you need to chill out. You need to stop and you need to listen and don't immediately go on defense. Just think about what you're being told. Think about the questions that are being asked of you. Like genuinely sit there, stop, take a step back. Think of your privilege. Think of your bias. Mm Mm-hmm before you want to answer anything which she was being called out in front of all those people and it was embarrassing but I don't care how embarrassed you were I don't care how attacked you felt in that moment she could have handled it better you didn't have to do that Mm -hmm. well here's the thing about Harlow (laughs) she doesn't want to learn or do anything better because clearly not to jump ahead, but when Juliet comes back, yeah, she still doesn't fucking apologize. Oh my god! And then when Juliet's in the woods, she's having an asthma attack and she can't breathe. And Harlow's like, "Just hug a tree; it'll be fine." And it's like, you're still not listening to what a person is telling you that they need. You're still ignoring the very real issues that they are having and trying to pretend like everything's okay and just do this woo-woo thing and everything will be fine. Up until the very last minute, Harlow still really, like, had not changed or learned anything and was still just being very naive and closed-minded and just in her own little fucking world. And just playing the victim. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just don't hug a tree and use essential oils for an asthma attack. Yeah. (laughs) At least, I mean, hey, hey, maybe some people do. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But from my personal experience... I need that inhaler. Right. All right. You know, speaking of what the fuck, what were your what the fuck moments? Lainey's breakup letter slash call a few days later, like, I messed up. Mm -mm. But then Harlow's reaction to Zyra's question and putting Juliet on the spot like that and making it seem like she had this horrible terrible life and she had just affected and reached out to this girl and just changed everything for the better and asking her to like that was the so I was like you know what the fuck and I was like what the fuck like that was pretty much throughout the story it just escalated it did so what about you oh Lainey the the breakup letter <laughs> both of both of our faces right now <laughs> you know I have ignored a lot of behavior because I had deep feelings for people and let a lot of stuff go but when your yeah person goes across the country and then you don't hear from them at all anymore just doesn't talk to you and knows you're going across the country too and still doesn't talk to you Lainey's the original ghoster (laughs) it just like (laughs) ghosted Juliet so hard so when Juliet got the letter I was like I am not surprised by this 
one bit. Of course, she was all up in some other girl. And like, that's why she wasn't talking to Juliet. Come on. So I figured that she just, she was over it. And she thought she was hot shit now because she was working for the Democratic Party Mm -hmm. or internship or whatever she had. But I didn't, you know, I was like, well, maybe she's probably cheating, but, uh, you know, maybe not. And then she was. Uh So, So Lainey basically ghosts mm-hmm. Juliet pretty much tells her don't call me unless you know you're dying yep that's not even the worst part the worst part not only does she send her a breakup mixtape huh. because oh my gosh fuck you oh my gosh not only does she send her a breakup mixtape she tells her in her letter admits to, that she's been cheating on her for a while mm-hmm. Basically, since she got to her little whatever her internship is, she's been cheating on her this whole time. But that's not, no, no, just wait. It gets fucking worse. She literally tells her the girl she is cheating on her with is her, quote, forever person. Uh... And this is the girl that she wants to introduce to her parents as her first girlfriend. And come out with. What a punch in the tit. Yeah. Because juliet literally is her first girlfriend so you're just gonna erase you're just gonna pretend you didn't date juliet at all and just pretend like this is the first girl you dated uh-huh. ooh, ooh. first of all you have to say that laney did call two or three days later and say i made a mistake like a piece of shit i think something happened sam probably dipped like dipped out on her and so now she's or she had a partner that she chose over laney <laughs> yeah and laney's like oh i'm alone let me go back to juliet and juliet was like you know what i'm not mad at you everything happens for a reason and i had this really awesome amazing experience because i had the space to be open to it because we were no longer together and so I'm glad that you did that to me and we're not getting back together. And I was very proud of Juliet for not going back to Lainey at the end of it. I would have been so pissed. All right. Rolling into red flags. We covered the the one not responding. Red flag. <laughs> when someone says your aura smells nice. What? That might be a red flag. Harlow, when she picked up Juliet from the airport, she's like, your your aura smells so nice. I know people see auras. I've never heard of anyone smelling them. I swear it was that she smelled it either way. And when all somebody does is say, hello, beautiful human. The way that Harlow talked when her and Juliet first met each other, it was very hollow. Mm -hmm. And then when the person that you agreed to come and do an internship with tells you that they just now decided what they're going to have you work on, even though you had talked months ago about this. (laughs) That's a little bit of a red flag that this person is an absolute hot fucking mess and they just change on a dime and just tread very lightly with this person because it seems like they're going by their mood and emotion and nothing practical. Just going off vibes. Someone's going off vibes. <laughs> I would uh, be very careful because their vibes could change at any minute, which Carlos did multiple times. Ooh. What about you? Red flags. It was the same. I mean, 
if you're a significant other, you literally move for the summer to different states that you're not familiar with to do these big mm-hmm. projects that are, you know, ideally going to change your life for the better. These are these giant occasions that are happening for both of you. And they don't even text you to be to make sure you got there okay? Right? Uh-uh. No. Yeah, she just checked. She just checked out. She's like, bye. Like, no. No. She is awful. Is there something to be learned from this book that applies to daily life? Yes. There is actually a quote in the book that I feel like pretty much sums up how everyone should live their life. This was said by Zyra um, towards the end of the book. And she's talking to Juliet and she says, you'll meet people that you love who fuck up constantly. You'll learn how to weed out the assholes from the warriors. You'll know what groups of people to stay away from because they're not safe spaces for your heart. You'll learn when to forgive human error and when to eradicate the unworthy from your spirit. This is just such a good thing for everyone to know. Like, we're all human. We all fuck up. Trust your gut. Learn who are the sincere good people in your life and give them grace and empathy when they screw up and forgive them and allow them space to grow. And figure out who the assholes are who are just going to steal your energy and take your power and set boundaries and get rid of them. It's not worth wasting any of your energy on shitty people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that we all could live by. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the book just gave me the answer. I like (laughs) it. Thank you. I will take that quote and use it. Yeah. What about you? Very similar. So there's this quote Maxine pretty much said about like white feminism. But in general, you shouldn't let other people tell you like what you need to do, how you need to do it, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But basically, listen, admit when you fuck up, Mm -hmm. apologize and be better. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's another great, great takeaway from this book. Do you have a spicy snippet you'd like to share about this book? You know, at first I did not have one, but then... Uh oh. Upon thinking some more, because I was listening again to the Q and A at the end with Gabby, with the author, and she was talking about, you know, she'd love to write a book that was just about Juliet and Kira's hot summer love. And I was like, you know what I want? I want Melvin to have a book. Yes. I need more. Falcon loving, anamorph reading, fucking Melvin, the best little brother. Yeah. Loves him so wise for like a 12 year old or whatever he was. He was like 12 or 14. And just how accepting he was of Juliet. And then he sends her with this care package and he's like, here's some twigs, <laughs> by the way. I think I'm a pyrotechnic and also I think I'm gay and I love you. And I'm just like, how's Melvin doing in high school? I would like to know more about Melvin. Yeah. As a teenager. Uh, That's my hot take, my spicy snippet. Write a book about Melvin. Is he still into dragons? What's he up to? I need to know more. Yeah. What about you? Spicy snippet. It's a little spicy. Some people may not agree. Juliet cheated. All right. 
Juliet's all mad at Lainey and was flirting with Kira openly and literally like thinking in her head, oh, this is wrong. I shouldn't do this, but she's doing it. She emotionally cheated. Oh, she emotionally cheated. Okay. I think she rode home with her on the bike before the whole Lainey letter came. Yeah, that's right. She literally just dropped her off and then she received the breakup letter and mixtape. Yes. So she was already somewhat invested Mm -hmm. in what was happening with Kira. You may not have physically crossed a line, but you emotionally crossed a line. Yes. I get it. She's 19. She's still figuring her shit out. Speed round. Wait. Yes, it is speed round. Okay. You were right. It's speed round. Yep. I don't know what my own <laughs> podcast is. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you want to be besties with and why? I really would want to be besties with Juliet or Kira. Like I thought they were both really cool, really down to earth people. Kira was so understanding. She just thought Julia was cute in the library, flirted with her, and then Juliet didn't message her or call her for quite a while. And when Juliet finally did reach out to her and she was very apologetic about it, she's like, it's no problem. And then when Julia went through all that shit and she just dipped out and went back to Miami and then came back, Kara was just like, cool, cool, I got you, whatever. She was just so chill. Yeah. I would want a friend that was like, I'm my world's falling apart around me and I just need shelter and that's what she was so like I would have her as a bestie what about you same I'm gonna go with Kira but no bike rides Ah, I trust her she gave you a helmet I can't my friend had a scooter and we were supposed to meet up with our other friends in downtown it's like a two three minute drive so like, oh yeah, you know, hop on the back of my scooter. We'll go down there. So I was like, okay, I've never, never hopped on the back of a scooter or motorcycle or anything. Hated it. You hated it? Hated it. I, I was terrified. I felt like I was going to fall off the whole time. <laughs> it is terrifying. It was so bad. So I was just like, <laughs> okay, Kira's cool, but I'm not taking a ride on the bike with her. We're going to have to take the bus. I'm sorry. <laughs> take the bus with all the smelly hipsters. Oh my gosh. I'm just, it's me. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you want to throat punch and why? I want to throat punch the following people in the exact following order. Ben, Lainey, Harlow, 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 fuck that bitch, punch her everywhere, throw her off a fucking cliff. I hated her so much, so, so much. You? Lisa, it's literally the same people in same order. Are you serious? Yes. Well, I mean, it's really an order of appearance and fuck up. The escalating fuck ups. Yes. So yeah, Fen, fuck you, dude. Seriously, you don't just leave a woman by herself to get home in an unfamiliar state. What the fuck is wrong with you? Mm -mm. All right. And then Lainey, fuck you and your breakup mixtape and your forever person. Seriously. And your forever person. I had to re-say that because I had a big hiccup. (laughs) All right. And then Harlow, obviously. Dude, dude. Who would you want on your side in a fight and why? Ava or Maxine. Either one of them I would love to have in my corner. 
anytime. Love them both so much. What about you? Ava! Ava, she was in it for like just such a short period of time. But like, yeah. She's a straight shooter, told you how it is. And she's like, I got your back no matter what. And she's like a ride or die for sure. Yeah. For sure. I loved her. Well, we're definitely going to be different on this one. <laughs> Who would you cast for these characters? So I picked an actress who I wouldn't have her play it now because she's older, but has she played it much younger? Dasha Polanco. She was in Orange is the New Black. She played Daria. Yes, she's amazing. When I envisioned Juliet, I thought of a young her. For Kira, I love this actress. Ramona Young. Have you ever heard of her? Maybe. Okay. Did you watch Santa Clarita Diet? Oh my God. Yes. I love her. <laughs> um, I mean, she's not Korean. Yeah. She's not Korean. No. She's Chinese. Yes. But I I liked her a lot because I can see her being like a beam perky, but also being like a motorcycle riding badass. Yeah. Also, um, Santa Clarita Diet getting canceled is absolute bullshit. Fucking justice for Santa Clarita Diet. Where is my two-hour movie wrap-up? We don't need a whole new season. Just like you said, do a two-hour movie. Yep. How they left that show was absolute garbage. It's so mean. It was so mean. It's just straight (laughs) up mean and hurtful. And I am still upset about that. I'm not letting it go. (laughs) I think we should start a petition, to be honest. At least you, me, and Heather will sign it. Yeah. You didn't tell me who you you cast in your role. Come on, girl. Oh, I guess I have to do that. Yes. Wait for it. All right. So, Juliet. I actually, I ended up finding a plus-size Puerto Rican model. Okay. And her name is Ileana Ayella. Oh, okay. Yeah. Her, like, she's a little older. Little, maybe a little bit younger version. Okay. In my mind's eye, straight. That is Juliet all the way, 100%. Lainey. Okay. I went with Catherine Newton. But I needed someone that could pull off obnoxious, pretentious, and political. She was actually in the Freaky movie where she's, it's like Freaky Friday, but it's a serial killer. Vince Vaughn's in it. Oh. Okay, this is my favorite. Okay, are you ready? Kira. hmm Arden Cho, Korean-American actress, that plays Kira on Teen Wolf. Okay. She literally, she already plays a character named Kira. It's too perfect. Good job, you. You nailed it. I love it. I love it so much. That's what we thought. Let's see what some other people think. I got these reviews from Goodreads. We're going to go low to high. We're going to end on a on a high note here. Okay. Starting with Caitlin, one star, all caps. I can't fucking breathe from laughing. What is this book? And then <laughs> all lowercase. This book is so absurd that I had to DNF. 
This book reads like a Tumblr girl finding out about queer identities for the first time. And it's just dot, 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 so bad. So yeah, so we we don't, us old ladies do not really understand Tumblr. But yeah, sure, go off. I did for a while try to tumble, <laughs> but I just was like, this is too much work. So I stopped doing it. Okay, so Brie gave it two stars. It was fine and okay and a little preachy and maybe just not for me. A lot of people said it was too preachy. Yeah, I get that. But as someone who doesn't know everything and is still learning, I didn't find it preachy at all. I found it very informative. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it, but yeah. Robin gave it two stars. Well, I wasn't a fan of the stereotypes in this YA novel, including the cringeworthy Portland ones. It also has some great bits highlighting intersectional feminism. Listen, Florida's in the news all the time. People can get over it. I told you people were butthurt <laughs> over Portland being smelly. <sighs> people were upset. And then Michelle gave it two stars. I'm giving it two stars because I am in a good mood. That's the whole review. All right. <laughs> That's the review. <laughs> Julio gave it three stars. Dare you to read the introduction in the free sample and not immediately want to read this book. All caps. Or is your pussy not empowered yet? <laughs> All right, it's fair. Fair. Diana gave it three stars. Overwhelmingly a YA novel. Yeah, I didn't feel like it was YA. I felt like it was um... new adult new adult she's not a teenager she's just finished her first year of college yeah well what do i know anyways next review <laughs> another caitlin gave it four stars this book was a good reminder to check my privilege to sit my ass down and listen to be an accomplice and an ally but never a savior it might not have rocked my world but it is still so very important especially for those who still don't know where their place is in the world of queerness and feminism. Personally, I wanted to just read more with Maxine and Ava because they rocked. Nah, fair. Yeah, that's fair. Susanna gave it five stars. This book made me cry on a plane in a good, thank the goddess I'm queer and maybe there's hope of redemption for us all kind of way. Okay. Janani gave it five stars. I need a day or three to process this book because I was wholly unprepared for this book to knock my socks off the way it did. I could see that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was some, there was some pretty heavy stuff. Yeah, there was a lot. I mean, there wasn't much plot, but there was a lot of heavy issues for sure. Last but not least, Maggie gave it five stars. Very pure of heart, coming-of-age story that handles caucasity in a way I found fair and intermittently hilarious. It is. Yeah. Big moment. How many and what kind of phallic symbols would you rate this book? I don't know. I got nothing for you. I'm sorry. I listened to this whole fucking book. I got no phallic symbols. This was a lesbian bonanza. I can tell you how many raging flowers I felt like this book was. Yeah. I'm 
I'm sure there's a phallic flower out there. I'm sure there is. All right, raging flower. How many raging flowers would you give it? Four. Okay. I would give it four out of five. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I learned from it. I laughed. I had a lot of feels. I would prefer if it hadn't wrapped up so prettily, but you know, it is what it is. All right. How many raging flowers do you give it? Same. I'd give it four raging flowers. Okay. I really liked it. I liked it a lot. And I there was a lot of talk of there being no plot and it being preachy. Uh, uh, I didn't necessarily get that, but I, I did wish there was a little more with a little more development with Kira and her brother Melvin. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see more of them. Yeah, that's Melvin. New book. Melvin needs his own book. It's time for the bi-weekly boner. Perfect. This week's boner is coming straight from the source material. Now, technically, this isn't a boner, but it still counts because it's fucking hilarious. All right. So... Juliet walks down the stairs. It's her first night staying at Harlow's place. And she is met with a very entirely naked fen. This is her internal thought process. I'd never seen a flaccid penis before in real life. It reminded me of the fat slugs that would emerge after heavy rainfall and slide along our driveway at home. I wondered if they all looked like that. They do. (laughs) (laughs) They do. I mean, yeah, like technically it's not a boner, but it's still, it's a wiener. It counts. It's a dick. It's, it's a dick. A dick is a dick is a dick. Dick is a dick is a dick. Exactly. You've never heard anyone refer to it as a slug? No, I don't think so. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I've heard of it referred to as a slug a few times in my life. It's always fun. It's never not funny. (laughs) That's a good one. That's a very good one. I love it. That's the pickled pepper for this week. But eventually, I'd like to hear some pogo stick descriptions from all of you listeners. No pictures, please. Just written descriptions. You can email the goods to churchatomespodcast at gmail.com. Put bi-weekly boner in the subject line. And don't forget, you must include the name of the book or article and author. We did it. Thanks for coming back for season two. You're welcome. I'm happy to be back. It was a lot of fun. And I read a book that I don't know that I would have picked up on my own. No, yeah, same. Um, You're actually going to be back next month. <laughs> I know. I feel weird. I'm going to be doing two in a row. Yeah, we're revisiting Akatar. We're going back to Fairyland, bitches. It'll be interesting because I kind of, I heard spoilers. So I kind of know what's going to happen, but not really. Really? I just know a major plot point that's gonna shift. What is it? I'm not telling you. Fuck. Well, to be fair, we weren't sure if we were gonna do the sequel. Yeah. To be completely honest, I wasn't sure if I was gonna do any sequels, but then the more I thought about it, you know, why not? Yeah. I want to get to that book about Nessa, so I will read until then. I think it's like the fourth or fifth. I think so, so... You got to do like five seasons of this podcast. Uh, There could be no less than five seasons of the podcast (laughs) so that we can finish the series. I got to finish the series. (laughs) Exactly. But I, I am excited to dive back into that world again. It'll be, it'll be fun. 
All right. Okay. Okay. The theme for August is, <laughs> we just talked about it. The theme for August is part duh. 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 You duh. Where we will be revisiting some of the series we started last season. And as we just talked about, Lisa's going to be back for that as well. Join me back here in two weeks for our next read, All the Feels by Olivia Dade. Okay. All right. Now it's the tagline. Are you ready? Do we have to fix the crowns now? Yeah, we're going to fix some crowns. I am fading. I know. Hanging on. Hanging on by a thread. And remember to fix each other's crowns and don't let the dicks get you down. <laughs> you can What's duck anyway. <laughs> I'm an orchestra. I'm like, You're the conductor over there. I'm getting the feel for the cadence. I'm just feeling it in the air. <laughs> and, and remember, remember to fix, fix each, each other's, other's crowns and, and don't, don't let, let the, the dicks, dicks get, get you down. down. Doodles. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts or liking, subscribing, and following on whatever platform you're listening on. Not enough action for you? You can follow Turgid Tom's podcast on Instagram, like the Facebook page, or join the Goodreads group where you can chat with other listeners, lurk tawdry reviews, and get a heads up on what we're reading and drinking. If you have any suggestions or feedback, you can send it to turgidtomes at gmail.com. And last but not least, remember to fix each other's crowns and don't let the dicks get you down.